Well, the title of my message today is By Faith. And I'm really excited to share this with you because it's really my life's message. Now, when you think of the word faith, what do you think of? Immediately, Hebrews 11, right? So today, I want to talk about Hebrews 11 and the father of our faith, Abraham. But before we dive into Hebrews 11, we first have to look at where this all started. Now, would you turn your Bibles with me to Genesis 12, 1 to 3? And this is what it says. Now the Lord said to Abraham, Go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you. Wow. God is asking Abraham to leave his, his father's house, like his own country, to go to a land that I will show you and I will make you a great nation. I will bless you. I will make your name great and you will be a blessing. A mouthful of blessings from God. I will bless those who bless you, and him who dishonors you, I will curse, and in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Wow, what a powerful word from the Lord. And this sets the foundation of faith in Abram's life. Now, if we go, go straight to Hebrews 11. I'm going to be talking about these couple of scriptures today. Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to the place where he would receive as an inheritance. And this is the punchline. And he went out, not knowing where he was going. Friends, I don't know if, I don't know about you, but we're now at the beginning of the year. And I'm sure many of us are praying and fasting and asking the Lord, God, what is it that you have for me this year? What is it that you have for me ahead in my life? And this is the message, as uncomfortable as it is, when the Lord calls us, very often, He's going to be calling us out of our comfort zones. When God called Abraham, He said, leave your father's country your family, your own people, and go to a land that I will show you, which is where he doesn't know. <laughs> but just so I provide some context for you, when we look at this line, and he went out not knowing where he was going. Is this really true? So the last thing I want any one of you to do is to, you know, head out later on and, you know, get a map or a world globe and close your eyes and go, and then say, and I went out not knowing where I was going. I'm going to go to this place. <laughs> No, let's not do that. In fact, Abraham had an idea, a general sense of where he was going. God told him to go to the promised land. And there was a very clear sense of a general direction. And I think that's how God works in our lives too. He does give us a sense, doesn't he? We're not completely in the dark. There, there is a particular sense. But what we don't know are the specifics. So when I came out with the title of this message, By Faith... I thought to myself, what is it like to travel from one place to another? Right now, we're in Cornerstone, Katong in the east, right? Say your general direction, you feel God is telling you to go to the west. Say somewhere in um, Bukit Batok, for example, or Tuas. If I told you to leave your phones behind, and I said, just walk out, go look for the place, go there, and you're not allowed to read anything, search for anything, ask anyone. 
you would go out not knowing where you are going, right? <laughs> and I think this is exactly what the Bible is saying, that when Abraham went out, that was his dilemma. I don't know where the next step is, the next step is, the next step is, but friends, let us not hold you back from taking the step out of those doors. I'm not just talking about geographical place. I know right now in this season, we can't go overseas. There's a lot of restrictions to travel. But this is more than geographical. God is talking about a spiritual place that He's calling us upwards and onwards to. I want to share two stories from my life today. Now, this is me uh, in 2017, just about four to five years ago. And you can see I was in my third trimester, extremely pregnant. <laughs> in fact, I was almost due. And just as I was almost due, God called Cliff and myself to North America. And He called us. He said, you know, I have a call for you in missions to the nations. And He spoke very clearly through several series of incidents, as well as, you know, through our pastors and wise counsel, that I was to go there to Johns Hopkins to do my Master of Public Health. The problem was this. We had no idea where we were going to stay. We were in debt because the tuition was so much. And by leaving for another country in my third trimester, I would have no healthcare provider. So I remember the Cornerstone staff, they were so kind, you know, they gave us like a farewell and then everybody started asking questions. And oh, look at people's faces. <laughs> when we said we, we have no home when we land, I have no health care when I land, and we've got pretty much no money <laughs> to start this journey. Oh my goodness, what a journey of foolishness. But no, it is not foolish if it is backed by faith. And this is what happened. When I landed, so of course, throughout this whole process, we were praying and praying and praying. And prayer is the fuel of your faith. So if you think about what is by faith, it's like me telling you, you leave this, you leave this auditorium right now, how are you going to go to Bukit Batok, right? You're going to go by bicycle, by train, by bus, something, right? A mode of transportation. And that is what faith is, friends. Faith is a mode of transportation that brings us from one place to the next, farther and onwards and upwards. That is what faith is. And so as we started to pray, we began to feel this bubbling of faith stirring in our hearts. And as soon as we landed, the very first rental apartment that we saw I still remember, I was worried. I said, God, we're going to waste time, weeks here trying to look for a place. The very first rental apartment we, we saw was perfect. It had all the amenities, perfect budget, perfect location, everything we had. We wasted no time. We settled in. The next problem, Cliff's friends all told me, they said, Waija, you're going to be in trouble. You're like so close to your due date. No healthcare provider, whether it's an obstetrician or a midwife. Nobody's going to dare to take you on, okay? <laughs> and they said midwives are very, very popular in this part of Canada. So if you want to get a midwife now, it's going to be too late. And guess what? We had prayed about this over and over through the weeks, and faith gave us that fuel. Faith propelled the vehicle that we were riding on. And just before we flew, just before we left Singapore, I got an email from a midwife. And she said, I am so fully booked. 
I am fully, fully booked, she said. But the difference is, in the past month or so, I've just set up my new midwifery clinic. So I run it, and I call the shots as to who is scheduled to who. I don't know you, but I feel led, and she's not a Christian, I feel led to take you on. So she took us on. I had a home birth in Canada. And you guys might think I'm crazy, because yes, a home birth is <laughs> pretty different from what you know, we might expect or what's usually offered in Singapore. But this was what the Lord spoke to me. Look at Hebrews 11.9. He made his home in the promised land like a stranger in a foreign country. He lived in tents as did Isaac and Jacob, who were heirs with him of the same promise. Now, this is what Abraham did. When he left his comfort zone, he had to live in a tent. Tents, actually, not just one tent. There was a season of discomfort, a season of inconvenience. And friends, this is the part of our journey that deters us. It is this discomfort that makes us not want to leave our comfort zones. But today, I want to encourage you that if God has told you to leave your comfort zone, to go to the land of promise, remember this, your tent or tents is only temporary. God provided a home. He provided health care. And then Sarah Faith was born. This is my firstborn, Sarah Faith. I remember... She was born in winter and there were snowflakes outside. And I remember, you know, those of you who have born children before, you know the first few months of having a newborn is like, <laughs> you know, it's filled with um, many sleepless nights. And I remember cradling her and I was crying. I was weeping in the room and I told the Lord, I said, Lord, I feel so irresponsible. I said, I'm just a new mother. We're going to move in a couple of months to, to the States for me to start my master's program and I don't have enough money to pay the tuition. How much was I short of? $50,000. I don't know about you, friends, but when I saw this amount, what a burden in my heart it was. I wept and I wept and I pleaded with the Lord. And those of you who, who heard my previous sermon, you know how the Lord provided for the first bit, right? He provided through a scholarship, the 40000 and then later on, a 10000 grant from, from the university. But guess what? I was still $50,000 short. But the difference was this. The difference was that because God had already raised the first $50,000, now I had faith to pray. I said, God, you have raised the first $50,000. That's a miracle. You can repeat the miracle a second time, can't you? <laughs> if you can do it once, you can do it again. So this time, I prayed, and I prayed relentlessly. I said, God, if you can make the first 50,000 happen, you can make the second half happen too. And I don't want you to be mistaken. I'm not preaching a preach it and declare it and you will have it sermon. This is not a prosperity gospel. This is putting your heart in line with the will of God. And if you know He has called you, and your heart is aligned with His will, then dare to ask, friends. Dare to step out in faith. I remember the exact spot of that rental apartment where I was holding Sarah Faith, and I got an email 
And the email said this. And before I opened it, my heart just, you know, sank. Because for that particular scholarship board, on the website, it states very clearly the maximum grant that we will give out is $15,000, one five. 15,000, I said, God, you made a mistake. I said, I'm $50,000 short, you know. Even if I get this, I am still short and I only have another month to go. But when I opened the email, what happened? It said this. Dear Waijia, congratulations. We have decided to give you $10,000 of a grant and a one-time pocket money sum of $50,000. When I saw the email, I was not happy. I sank down. I sat on the ledge to study myself. Please remember, I'm a bit depressed. I'm a bit uh, sleep-deprived, huh? hormonal. Just had a baby, okay, forgive me. I said, Cliff, my husband. He came in and was like, what, sweetheart? I said, this is terrible. They're so unprofessional. They wrote an extra zero on the email. I said, there must be a typo. I said, on the email, it says $15,000. So it must be $5,000, not $50,000. It must be a pocket money sum of $5,000, right? So $10,000 plus $5,000 is $15,000. It makes sense, right? So I was so emotional. I told Cliff, I said, no, 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 no. This is a mistake. This is very unprofessional. But I will write them. I will write them. And I write a polite email. So I wrote them. And there's a time difference, right? Canada, Singapore, 12 hours. Wasn't expecting to hear from them until the next day. But they wrote me back immediately within five minutes. And they said, no, ma'am, there is no mistake. Our scholarship board wants to cover the full cost of your tuition. Friends, yes, you can clap. You can clap. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Now, friends, how did God provide? God didn't provide when I was here. When I was here, He showed me the blueprint and said, you know, I'm going to do this, this and that for you. No, God said to step out, to go out, to go to the land that I will show you. And this is how He is. And I know many of you here, you have your own journeys, whether, whether you're students, you're studying, you're trying to navigate your future, or maybe you're a business owner. And this season of COVID has been extremely trying for you. I know it is not easy, but step out in faith. Watch the Lord provide step by step by step for you. If you believe, then make room for what you pray for. Step out in faith. When God provides for you, don't say, oh, it's a typo, it's an error. No, receive it. <laughs> receive it and say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. You did it for me and you can do it again. Don't ask how. If you trust in the who, the who, the I am, the Jehovah Jireh that we know, our Father, our Abba, the Father who loves us, if you trust in the who, friends, He will take care of your how. Our job is not to ask how. That's his problem. <laughs> We've got the easy bit. All we need to do is to know the who. I want to share a, a second story. Um, this was us. So we left Canada and we packed everything that we had in the little U-Haul. So that was our whole home, right? 
And because there was so little, little space, those of you who have had children, your children's stuff takes up 80% of the space, right? <laughs> so we were running out of space and I didn't even have the funds or, or the space to pack a bed, a crib for Sarah Faith. I didn't even have space to pack clothes for her. So all I brought, I remember this, I had a grocery bag, you know, like those NTUC shopping bags, a normal medium-sized grocery bag of clothes for Sarah Faith. This was her at five months. Those of you who have had newborns before, you know they go through like six to ten rompers a day, right? All the vomit, the spit, the punamis, right? Lots of stuff. So I knew that I'm, I was going to run out of those clothes in less than three days. But still we went. I didn't have a crib. I bought, a, you know, those portable playpen kind of things, those flimsy things. And as we drove our U-Haul into the next into our next place that we were staying in, that little compound, a huge, big American man came out. And I thought he was a contractor because he was big and he was wearing this white shirt and he was like, hi, I'm Steve, what's your name? And I was like, okay, were we supposed to expect you? And he said, oh, no, 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 no. I, 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 live, I live across the road from you. I'm your neighbor. And he's like, oh, you have a baby. So he went in and he said, I've got stuff for you. And he came out and he gave to us a brand new crib. He said, my daughter doesn't want to sleep in it anymore. She wants to sleep with me in my bed. So I don't need it. So he gave us a brand new crib. And guess what? He gave us a huge trash bag of clothes. And this is how I knew it was from the Lord. When I opened it, it was a bag of rompers. For aged six to nine months. Look at that photo there. That is a five-month-old baby that I brought there. And God provided a bag of clothes for our six to nine-month-old. Friends, isn't our God worthy of praise? And as He has provided for me, He will provide for you. His hand is not too short. I am not more favoured than, than, than you. He loves us all with an extravagant, abundant, lavish love. And whatever you need, even before it's on your lips, He knows it. But tell it to Him anyway. Let it be a, a bubbling of faith through your praise and see what God will come through for you. For He was looking forward to the city with foundations whose architect and builder is God. Hebrews 11.10 why do we struggle with this discomfort? What's the point? It's because of this, that in the future we can look forward to a city with foundations. This is not for us, friends. This discomfort, this living in tents, it's not for us. If it was for us, we wouldn't choose it. Who was it for? It's for the generations beyond us. Beyond. When Abraham was given his promise, do you know that it was four generations later before the people inherited the promised land? Four generations. God is a multi-generational God. So let us look forward 
to our eternal inheritance. There is something in the unseen, something eternal that's propelling us forward. And let us not let the temporary discomfort hold us back. Some of you might have heard a little bit of this message called Will You Risk um, that I preached a couple of weeks ago. And what happened during this time was that I had received an email that my professor had sent to me and he said, he, said he, he was very cryptic. He wrote one line and he said, you want to go to Africa for six weeks? And I was like, no. <laughs> not at this time, right? And, and not when I have two kids, ages four and two, and I said, no, you know, I, I'm not going to do it. So I just like ha-ha him back, you know? And what happened was this. As I was preparing for this message, the Lord started to speak to me. The Holy Spirit started to impress faith upon my heart. And, he st and I felt the Lord ask me, how can you preach risk if you're unwilling to take risks for me? And what happened was this. God was very kind in His mercy and His grace. What happened was that He gave us a warning shot. A week after Cliff said, Waija, you have to at least offer yourself I received an email, and in the email, it said, you have been requested to be deployed to Congo, Brazzaville. And my heart sank. And I was like, what? Cliff and I parted for the day. We didn't talk to each other. I brought the kids out. But in the afternoon, when we, when we, when we re recollected, he said this. He said, the Lord spoke very clearly to me, Waija. He said, I must release you. And he said, you must go because people may say, how can you go when it's so dangerous? But the Lord asked me, how can I not let you go if the needs are so great? And he has opened this door. So friends, when God opens that door for you, be ready. What happened was this. Two days later, as we surrendered ourselves to the Lord, I had a Zoom meeting with, with, with the people organizing this, and they said this. They said, oh, actually, we overlooked that you're not French-speaking. This is not going to be a good fit. Okay, so they said, okay, don't worry. We're going to do a redeployment, a rematch. But as you know, they said, there's no guarantee. So it's a possibility that we don't match you, and the deployment falls through. And I was like, seriously? After we've laid it on the altar, we've wept. We've said, God, you know, I'll surrender. And then now you tell me there's no guarantee. Okay, but what happened was this. On a Friday night, I remember this. I was actually on social media and this quote came up. I mean, I adapted it slightly, but essentially it was this. Make room for what you pray for. And as I read, the Holy Spirit spoke to me. Make room for what you pray for. Immediately, I sat up and I said, Lord, you are doing something. I told myself in my heart, God is doing something. And the voice came to me again, get packing. The time is coming. What happened was this. The next day, it was very bizarre. So my parents come to visit, you know, uh, on Saturdays. And, you know, they love to bring stuff for the kids and stuff, just being grandparents, right? But this time, they brought like huge bags for me. And I'm like, what's this? And they said, Oh, this is your old stuff from our house, from your old room. And I was like, huh? Why now? What's this? And he said, just open it. I don't know what it's inside, but just open it. And I opened it. And there before me lay three bags. 
three bags of my clothes that I've always brought to every single mission trip since 2006. That was when I knew the Lord said, start packing, I mean it, get moving. I started to pack. Before Christmas, I packed a suitcase. And then over Christmas, no news, no news. And then on Christmas Day, I was secretly smiling to myself. I didn't tell Cliff even, my husband. I just thought to myself, I have laid it on the altar. I think they've forgotten about me. This was a test and I've passed. I don't need to be deployed. <laughs> I had this quiet smile in my heart. And I told Cliff, I said, actually, if they don't deploy me, I think I'll be happy too. On Boxing Day, the email came. <laughs> and the email said, we have positive responses from some of the countries. Full stop. That was it. Huh, thank you. And earlier this week, they said, can you leave for Eswatini tomorrow? Which is tomorrow, like tomorrow. <laughs> but by then, guess what? We'd already spent the past one and a half months preparing our kids, telling them, you know, this is Africa, this is what mommy does, this is mommy's work, this is what Africa needs, this is what God does, this is a missional God, and this is, this, is, this is what we are called to do, to be a blessing, to step out in faith. Because we had spent the past six weeks making room for what we had prayed for, the time when the time was, had come, when God had opened the doors, we were ready to move. And this time I was already, but it was HR who said, uh, we need a bit more time to do the paperwork. So I'm going, um, not tomorrow, but um, a, a little bit after tomorrow, <laughs> for two months. I'm sharing this story because the journey of faith, where Abraham left his father's land to live in tents, and then finally, to have his people go into the promised land. It's a journey. And this beautiful journey is really a reflection of our lives. What is God calling you to? And maybe you're telling yourself, God, I'm tired of waiting. I'm tired of waiting. I want you to remember this. From the call to the fulfillment, it's a long waiting period. And this could happen anytime. Remember for Abraham and the people, Four generations. The first time when God called me to Johns Hopkins to the time I actually went there. Eight years. And in 2017, before I left, I remember where I was sitting behind this auditorium. Me and Cliff were sit seated there and I saw Pastor Deanne from the corner of my eye and I told myself, <laughs> he's the prophet of the house, right? And I was like, oh, I don't want, I'm not ready for a word. <laughs> you know, I'm like, oh. <laughs> and then just as I was thinking that, it's as if he reads my mind and he walks right over and he says, I have a word for you. <laughs> and he says, you are going to work with the United Nations to save the lives of millions of children. And I don't know about you, but when I heard that word spoken to me, my heart just sank. I wasn't like, oh yay, so exciting, what a great word. I was like, this is impossible, you don't know who I am. Like, I have no connections to them. This is not even my specialty. I've already dropped out. You know, when we went to Uganda, there's no way this is going to happen. But because I was where I was, doing what I was, quietly 
relentlessly. God picked me up from where I was. And I was mistaken for a cartoonist in the pandemic by someone who was working for the WHO. And he said, we need to work on this together. And that was how I got connected. But it wasn't because of striving and trying to push open doors. In fact, that's what I tried to do when I was at Hopkins. I tried to, you know, look out for projects, try to make the prophecy come to pass. I know I'm not the only one who tries to do that. <laughs> but God was telling me, I don't need your help to bring my word to pass. All you need to do is trust me. So from the call to the fulfillment, it's a long time. It might take a long while. And the world will tell you, follow your heart. And this is very, very, very dangerous. Because I've discovered over the years that the truth is our hearts are really lost until they are led by God. If there is only one thing that you remember from today, it is this that our hearts are lost until they are led by God. And we can be led by God through faith. I'm going to close with this. Psalm 119, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. How can I take the next step? How can I? Like this, imagine if this was pitch black darkness and this was my light. I would just have the lamp here and here for the next step and here for the next step. I don't know where I'm going, but Abraham went out. Abraham went out and you and I can too. So as I invite you know, the worship team to just play for us, I want to invite all of us today to say, yes, Lord, I receive your impartation of faith. And I want to remember that without faith, it is impossible to please you because anyone who comes to you must believe that you exist and you reward those who earnestly seek you. May I invite all of you just to stand. We're going to pray and we're going to close. This is the start of a new year. Don't let it go past thinking, I wasted the last year. I don't know where I'm going. Guess what? It's okay. It's okay not to know where you're going because God knows where you're going. Friends, with every head bowed and every eye closed, I want you to ask, say, Holy Spirit, search my heart today. Where am I in this journey of faith? Lord, if you have called me to do something beyond myself, beyond me, beyond my comfort zone, would you show me, would you reveal it to me? Would you impart faith to me? God, I might be where I am in my comfort zone, but I want to ride on your vehicle of faith. And I want to go closer and closer to the promised land. And I don't know when that might be or how that might look like, but I want your word to be a lamp unto my feet. I want my mouth to be full of praises and testimonies to share of the unthinkable ways you met me when I was standing at the bank. 
If that's you today, if that's you and you want that impartation of faith, I want you to just raise your hand and say, yes, Lord, I want that faith. I want that faith. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. So many hands up. Father, I pray that Lord, for every hand, every heart that you see here that's raised up to you, that is laid before you, would you give them an impartation of faith to believe that you are more than our petty dreams. You are more than our whimsical wishes. But more importantly, you have dreams and plans and purposes for your greater eternal purposes. And we right now lay ourselves at the altar and we say, God, use us. Use us. Use us. Father, we present ourselves before you to every single person who is listening to this message. Know that this is not an accident. If you are listening to this, God has brought this to your ears and heart for a reason. Let Him bring you on a journey of faith this year. Let Him bring you to places, spiritual, physical, geographical places that you've never dreamt of before. Even if it's at something as simple as reach out to your family member. This time God is saying, get out of your comfort seat. Don't just text or Zoom anymore. Be there in person. Be there. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Father, I want to close right now and I pray for each and every person who's leaving this place, that Lord, even as they go out, let their physical stepping out be a reflection of their faith to step out of their comfort zones for you, to say yes to the high calling that you have for their lives. Let us not be unwilling to be in the places of inconvenience and discomfort. God, we say yes to you right now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Yeah. I want to bless each and every one of you. May God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit be with each and every one of you now and forevermore. Amen. Amen. You've just listened to a production of Cornerstone Community Church. Please note that all unauthorized reproduction, distribution, or sale of the recording is prohibited. For permission to reproduce or distribute the sermon, please write into mail at cscc.org.sg. We hope that you have been blessed.